0: podcast. I am not great parent Molly and this is equally not great parent Nathan.
1: You you probably couldn't see it. You obviously couldn't see it if you were listening. Molly hit me harder than she normally I gave. I slugged him in the shoulder. I'm going to
0: wake up a little.
1: I bruise easily and I will tell you this, you can expect a call from my lawyer.
0: (laughs) My husband's a lawyer.
1: Oh, that's that's true. That's not going to be interesting. That's true. I'm (laughs) I'm uh, kidding. Well, my co-host assaulted me. (laughs) Yeah, well, get over it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. That's what? That's
0: what happens. That's what happens
1: on the Not Great Parents no. podcast. I
0: thought you looked a little tired, so I'm giving
1: you a, I am a, little a punch tired.
0: to wake you up. I am a little tired. Did yeah, you go to McDonald's?
1: Too. Is this a McDonald's cup?
0: Um, It is a McDonald's cup.
1: It's a McDonald's Christmas cup.
0: It is a McDonald's Christmas cup because that's what time of year it is. It I've is. not seen those before, actually. I never it realized it.
1: I know that Starbucks has their cups out. At this point, they're red cups. I noticed uh, we go to Panera a lot. Panera now has a, if you buy the large, you get a holiday cup. A holiday cup.
0: cup. I noticed Chick-fil-A's had something different on the side. And then my kids, we went to Wendy's, I think, recently, and they were like, why is the Wendy's person pink or red or different Wendy's co- the Wendy's girl pink? or blue oh. blue and pink or something like whatever it is normally it was a different color and it okay. was for the holidays but okay. it, i think it was blue because she normally red right was it
1: hypothermia is that what she's cold <laughs> i don't know, <laughs> is she, is I, don't she's know.
0: I have no idea but it was clearly they were trying to change it up for the holidays and okay maybe they got the colors wrong but my kids were like what is
1: well, there you go. That's yeah. really interesting. But I was wondering, if for people who don't know, we are filming this the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Yep. When do you think it's appropriate that it is culturally appropriate to start putting out the Christmas decorations? Because I noticed, like, I was in downtown Newton in about a, I think it was last week, and they've got all they had all their Christmas stuff, and that's like middle of November. Is yeah. that when you think people
0: are putting stuff up? I think that. I've seen so much stuff where people are like, The day after Halloween, let's get
1: started let's get on it. Started. I feel
0: like it does get earlier and earlier. Yeah. Every year. This I mean as a kid we always do. This is an old conversation This is an old person
1: conversation about is it
0: appropriate to put up your holiday decor. That's right.
1: Series called A Not Great Christmas. Yeah, we
0: didn't even talk about why we're the Not Great Parent Podcast. This is the first time in every episode we've ever done that we did wow, not. Yeah, we just rolled right into it. Right in let's talk about us. Let's talk about particular. Let's Molly's talk about Molly's stuff. my cup. Let's
1: talk about Molly's <laughs> stuff.
0: Well, by the time you're seeing this, all the cups are out. So I don't know.
1: That is true. That is um, true. Yeah, you're like, why are they having this boring conversation no. about? All of this. But, but regardless, we're in a series called A Not Great uh, Christmas. We call ourselves the Not Great Parents yep. because we don't want to pursue the world's definition of greatness, right. which is usually found in success and happiness, money, all these mm-hmm. different kinds of adventures, whatever that right. is. We want to find our life in what in God's goodness. Right. Pursue God's goodness. And at Christmas, uh, we really are trying to figure out, how do I have a Christmas that's not based on the world's definition right. I of think
0: greatness. Christmas is like the ultimate super bowl of greatness yeah it's like the greatness olympics it is it's every i mean think about it like even in what we talked about before everything gets done earlier everything's bigger everything is you know people put out more outdoor decorations they ever have in the past or or they put up more decorations they have more events they have more you know more things going on than i can ever remember when i was younger um and it just seems like you know greatness and more, 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 more. Right. And this is the uh, Olympics, I think. Yeah. I think it's. I think we all can feel it. I think we all know it. So. Well, and you
1: know, when it, I think when it started, and this gets back to our conversation about the ornaments, so we'll tie it all oh, back let's in together. Go. <laughs> I was reading today because of the random thoughts that are in my head of why is everything that most of us are nostalgic about, about Christmas, somehow rooted in the 1940s and 50s? Because if you think about it, most of our thoughts... Are like the songs that we sing. Like Bing Crosby. I, yeah, all the. I looked at a. I, I'd seen an article that said the top. Of the top 20 Christmas songs, uh-huh. like when people vote what are their favorite Christmas songs. Of the top 20, only like four of them were written in the last 30 years. Oh, wow. For the last 40 years. The vast majority are written in the 40s and 50s and a few in the 60s. There's only three in the 70s mm-hmm. this Christmas. The Paul McCartney one, no one likes. Wonderful Christmas oh, time. Yes. And the uh, Feliz Navidad, also and then, terrible. Yeah, yes. One, my kids <laughs> sing Feliz Navidad nonstop, oh. and they only actually know the words Feliz Navidad, uh-huh. but they, so they sing it for all the other words in Spanish. Uh, but anyway, so
0: well. Yesterday, I spent some time with your children, and one of them was singing that where you spell out jingle like J I N G L E S. You know what I'm talking I about? I don't know. It's an old song, uh, but they were not doing jingle; they were doing mingle. Uh, <laughs> Not I'm great, parent up. right here. It's that like, makes okay, sense. It doesn't matter. Mingle, jingle, whatever. There you go.
1: There you go. Uh, so, and then there's like Wham's "Last Christmas." Oh 80s, yes, that one.
0: All I and Want then, for then we go straight to yeah. "All I Want for Christmas." In the '90s. And then nobody tried a new one after that. Yes. <laughs> They're like that. We can't. We can't. Who's gonna about? top that? Yeah.
1: So I looked at all of these different things. I was like, "Why is it in the '50s?" And then I was reading. There's apparently a book called. Uh, I don't remember by who, but it was called like a mid-century Christmas or something. But the the premise of the book, it's a historical kind of nonfiction book, is that besides the Victorian era, when uh, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol came out, uh, which I was telling you, there's this great movie called The Man Who Invented Mm -hmm. Christmas, uh, which really talks about how no one really much celebrated culturally Mm -hmm. Christmas, uh, until a Christmas Carol came out, it was mostly just a church holiday. Like you'd go to church and maybe have a nice like feast at church or or you know with your community, but it wasn't like this intimate family holiday until mm-hmm. that book came out. Okay, that changed a lot of the perception of what Christmas was. And then the next big change came in the 1950s in the post-war era, when they started almost all of the things we think of as traditional Christmas things, including putting ornaments on trees, actually began in right. the 1950s. Right. That people did put ornaments on trees before then, but I didn't know this, most of most of the ornaments that people had were very expensive. And when mm-hmm. you said glass, they mostly were glass. And apparently most of them were glass blown in uh, Germany, mm-hmm. which after the war, there was that not was much not of Germany much left, left. left.
0: Yes. so. When I say I buy vintage ornaments, I buy like, cheap vintage ornaments but when you're looking for them there are some very ornate or if they're really old um they're very ornate and they're very they're often heavy and they're often um
1: really expensive (laughs) and so in the post-war America there's this feeling of okay well we're not going to buy German ornaments anymore we just had a war with those Mm -hmm. guys but we are going to they started mass producing. If you know kind of the history of the shiny, American economy. That's the shiny
0: bright company came to be. That's what made all oh, well, mass production of, of yes. ornaments everywhere. And they were colorful and bright. And right. it, it's, it, it falls right in line with the time of that was going on. We're trying to create this happy place. And yes. this is when New York started over decorating yes. uh, windows and yep. Santa Claus was everywhere and all these things and, and everybody saw it and that's when consumerism around the holidays just exploded
1: well because there really was a movement and if you know if you've read any of this uh history around this there really was in the post-war economy here in america we had for the first time many women had gone to work because during the war women had to go you know rosie the riveter yes your man's off at war you gotta make bombshells you know it's like you gotta go out you gotta do your part you gotta do your part right and so you had all this we have this mobilized economy and manufacturing, and we said, okay, well, we got to do something with that. And so if you you read a lot of the history, that's when advertising really starts taking off. Mm-hmm. That's when all of these different ideas start taking off. And in fact, there's some quote, and I can't remember. Someone can look it up on the Internet and find it pretty easily from a person who was developing – I think it's in the Eisenhower administration, starts developing this idea of a consumeristic economy that you almost weaponize consumerism against them. And he said, the quote says something along the lines of, that every human being needs to, or every American in particular, needs to start defining their life in in consumeristic terms. Mm. And that holidays need to be defined by that. All these, you know, your experience, you know, the idea of every weekend you go out and shop,
0: so this was like the ultimate great person.
1: Yeah, they bought <laughs> according
0: and, to the I mean they're yes. literally designed great. Well, and according people would, to the
1: terms we talk about. People would certainly make the argument it it continued America becoming a world power because well, after the war, not only did we did we come out ahead in, in terms of our, our military, but we continued to fuel our economy through this kind of consumerism mindset. And of course, it goes into uh Christmas at that point and
0: and it just keeps growing right I mean it's just grown and grown and grown I mean I think back on my childhood and what Christmas was like when I was a kid and yes there were presents and ornaments and family events and things like that but and as a kid I would look through the I think Sears catalog maybe JCPenney and Circle all of the things I wanted and whatever and I'd get a couple of those items but I just feel like the what Sound old saying these days. <laughs> but I just feel like for my children, there's just, it's just different. It's this ex- not expectation, but there have been times where it seems like it's this expectation that on Christmas morning, it's like every single thing that they ever wanted is going to appear right. for them just for being them. And yes. that it's this whole day all about them.
1: Yeah. Well, and it does, and, and their st- stuff. Yes, it certainly becomes, and I think this is where we get to um, this idea of a not great Christmas and what we're trying to get to. The greatness of Christmas, I think, becomes this very, this sense of anything is possible. You know, I even think about the, you know, everyone, I guess everyone knows Hallmark movies are dumb. Even if you like Hallmark movies, you're kind of like aware... Like this is this is not reality. You know the
0: plot. You know what's gonna happen.
1: Well, and it's like every time the 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 girls like the dad man. is Santa or like yeah. <laughs> you know it's at the end and the yeah. boyfriend works at a reindeer farm. Yeah. And it's like or the all Christmas this... tree farm. Or, yeah, but he
0: lost his big corporate job somewhere else in Canada. Oh, that's or right. she did, and he. I like, think
1: there's a there's a, uh, there's a sermon formula. coming up where I I there's a great if you have TikTok. Her name is like Nicole. I think it's Dubois is how you pronounce her last name. She does a whole thing about Hallmark Christmas <laughs> movies and. Her thing in it all the time is the woman is obviously it's so because she's always doing it from obviously the the female, the female perspective and she's always her thing is always I hate I I hate Christmas because I'm working at my woman job because <laughs> it's always it's always this woman you know I live I'm in I'm in the city I'm in the office I got to go back to my hometown I got to go
0: back to my crappy hometown and now I'm about to go there and fall in love with somebody
1: right and I think everyone kind of okay that's kind of cheesy. But After
0: it snows and it's perfectly yes, decorated for a holiday. That's right.
1: And then we're going to have this perfect moment. <laughs> and I think the idea that everyone has, and this often gets said in movies like that, is anything's possible at Christmas.
0: Yes. The magic of Christmas, man.
1: Yes. Anything is possible Anything at Christmas. Anything is possible. And I think that idea is what most of us think a great Christmas is if we boil it down. is I want my kids any possible gift. You can't ask for a gift that's too expensive. You can't ask you can't ask for an experience that we can't do.
0: But that goes right along with this great idea because you know when we talk about the world and the greatness and the bucket list that the mm-hmm. world has the underlying theme of that also is anything is possible. Yes. Anything is possible if you go to more school. Anything is possible if you work harder at this or yes. anything is possible if you, you know, do all the right things, play all the right sports do you know have the right schedule meet the right people like we we live by that in a, our culture lives by that so it makes sense that it also bleeds over into this holiday
1: Yeah, and I think that's where we're trying to kind of shift the focus in this series at this point is, and I think people can already tell where we're going. Don't
0: buy any Christmas presents. Yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, this is where we're trying to get to. Jesus says don't buy Christmas presents.
0: Don't buy anything for your kids. They have enough. So Luke 12 says, Then someone called from the crowd, "'Teacher, please tell my brother to divide our father's estate with me.' Jesus replied, "'Friend, who made me a judge over you to decide such things as that?' Then he said, "'Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own.' Then he went on and told a story. A rich man had a fertile farm that produced fine crops. He said to himself, "'What should I do? I don't have room for all my crops.' Then he said, I know. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Then I'll have room enough to store all of my wheat and other goods. And I'll sit back and say to myself, my friend, you have enough stored away for years to come. Now take it easy. Eat, drink, and be merry." But God said to him, you fool, you will die this very night. Then who will get everything you worked for? Yes, a person is a fool to store up earthly wealth, but not have a rich relationship with God. Eat, drink, and be merry is right there in there. Be merry Christmas. I know!
1: (laughs) I like that. So yeah, that's a story that uh, I don't think any of us like. I know. I I honestly, if I take it seriously.
0: No, I don't like
1: it. There's a lot of things, I think, in that conversation. So it starts with Jesus' teaching, and a guy comes to him and says, Jesus, tell my brother that he has to divide the family estate with me. So we don't actually know whether the dad's dead at this point i know that it's it feels that way to us cuz that's the way they did it it's very possible that they're trying to barter out this kind of right. a deal before the dad even dies so that they know what's going on but it's possible the dad's dead either way and his main concern in this situation is how am i going to how am i going to get my share of the estate
0: not even my share but even more right
1: yes and i know that that to some of us feels and this is the part i want to kind of bring into more modern ideas. To many of us, that kind of feels like, well, one, if you've ever had any kind of family estate Ugh. problems, uh, they can be horrible. I never
0: hear of people talking about that and saying it's a good Yeah, experience. that was a great
1: experience when we had yeah, to divide when these when we things. had to do
0: all of that. Uh, I mean, I have had more people talk about that to me. Yes, it was there. I will say sense. this.
1: We, uh, I, I, one of the better experiences I know is... Uh, when my grandma died, my grandpa had already passed on. This is my dad's side of the family. When my grandma passed on, he had left most of his money to take care of her mm-hmm. in her old age. And when she passed on, the the siblings decided, so my mm-hmm. my dad and his sisters decided, hey, we're going to take a good chunk of this. And instead of having a bunch of who gets what and all that, we're going to take a big chunk of the money and we're going to take a big family vacation because we know that what... They would have wanted was most everybody to be together, was everyone to be together. So, I thought, oh, that's kind of an interesting, yeah. Thing. But I regardless, most of the time, there's still a lot of squabbles that go on in those kind of issues. But often we see that, in fact, even in political terms, like when they have conversations about like estate taxes and all these kind of things, all
0: that stuff, they always
1: feel a little bit like rich people problems, you know what I mean? Yes, like, they these do. are really rich people, and they're trying to figure I out mean, their thing.
0: Even the words sound. Wow, but the yeah, estates, estate tax. Yeah, Wales, the estate
1: testament. Tax. Yeah, but in our and it always feels like bonus money. It feels mm-hmm. like luxury. Like yes. obviously, it's great if you get it, but you know, people are kind of like, well, if you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. In their day, the idea of the estate that was their livelihood, right?
0: And so much was so much of their life was. Built in their lineage and who they were and exactly. and part of that involved, you know, what property they had or what, what sure. was in all of that. Well, and in the estate was their food and welfare. Yes, all because of the stuff They couldn't just run down to the store and grab whatever right. they needed. They had to store up things.
1: Well, and the way that it worked for them was most of them were so incredibly poor um, that and your job you know you weren't going to college and then going and picking out the career for you and they're like well you can't make money as an artist and you know all of our discussions about greatness in there you did what your dad did Mm -hmm. and you took over his business when he was dead Mm -hmm. and and you got his land and you probably lived with him if you got married your wife came and you know she lived with you and you guys figured that whole thing so for you not to get a share in the estate. It was almost like someone took away your family. job. Yeah, somebody taking away your livelihood. So this is not a small matter. I think sometimes we hear it as, oh, man, this is a person who's just super wealthy and they're not taking care of their stuff right. or they only care. They're super greedy. This guy was having a real-world concern. He comes to Jesus with it. Jesus goes, why are you having this conversation with me? Honestly, I do wonder if Jesus' question is, why are you talking to me about your state tax? I'm hopeless. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care about your state. Well, and also, like, what qualifies me? Yeah, why are you coming to me about that? Because this? he says, well, who made me judge over these kind of things? And Jesus obviously saw himself as the king. Yeah. Jesus obviously cares about how you spend your money. But not... Not the way that you think he does. Yes. You, it would be as if I went to a homeless guy and mm-hmm. was like, hey, I just got my tax return. And it was $14,000. Should I buy a boat? And the homeless guy's like, oh I
0: don't It's a great buy. time of year to buy a boat. Yeah. <laughs> he's like <laughs> That's what he's probably thinking And then he's yeah. just
1: like what why are you talking to me about yeah. this? You know? So Jesus then says, Don't be how does he say it? don't be warned or, or be Let's warned?
0: See. You fool that part or no, earlier No, up at the oh. It's
1: like verse 15, I think.
0: Okay, verse 15, beware.
1: Beware. Beware. Be- Guard
0: against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how
1: much you own. So he Jesus replied to this guy is, you just come to me. I'm teaching mm-hmm. about the kingdom of heaven. You've come to me with this concern. And he's not saying, hey, that's an earthly concern. That's not my problem. I, you know, I'm thinking about the afterlife and all that kind of stuff. What he's saying is, money operates differently in my kingdom. Money operates different in every kingdom. I, I don't just go to China, carry my American dollars. Now, they may accept it, but I may have to. I may have to exchange this currency right, for a for different another. kind of currency, and he's almost explained to them, "Hey, what you think makes your life work in the kingdom?" Of is not what you're measured by. Is not what you're measured by. So then he tells this story, and he goes to, "Hey, there's going to be these people, and one guy's rich, mm-hmm. and he he has this barn, right? And he he God has blessed him so much; he has so many crops. He decides, you know what? I need a bigger barn."
0: I'm gonna tear this one down and make more bigger barns.
1: I'm gonna tell, tell tell myself that, and then the reason why is the part that you point out. He said because eventually I just want to be able to rest. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to keep working. Because once again, if you know anyone who is my grandfather was a rancher, it's a lot of work. It's a lot. Anyone who has to work with their hands in that sense to get their food, the idea of being able to build up a barn. So I wouldn't have to work in my old age, and I would be able to take care of myself. It feels like practical wisdom and this huge blessing. And in fact, in their culture, they would have looked at a guy who had this huge barn and say so he's blessed. God's blessing them. Mm-hmm. Clearly, God's blessing them, and he's got so right. much. He doesn't even have to now rely on God
0: Mm-mm, because he has everything he needs. And he can just sit,
1: eat, drink, and be merry.
0: Eat, drink, and be merry. When you hear that, when you hear that phrase, it's interesting because we say it all the time in our culture. I right. Mean, if most people hear it multiple times throughout this season, and a lot of you probably have "Eat, Drink, Be Merry" written on something in your kitchen. Yes, <laughs> or yes. napkins that you buy it was at the a cute hall, little decor, and it was cute. And Hobby Lobby is probably full of it. But <laughs> here's the deal: the response that God has to that immediately is, "You fool!" Yeah, like that is the exact next sentence, the next verse. but the next thing that it said is, and when Jesus is telling this story, is God replies to that man who said, "I'm just going to eat, drink, and be merry" with you fool
1: well and you Ah. (laughs) you look at this think about the way it works in our world i don't think it was vastly different in their world that if someone was rich and we often think this anyone who's wealthy they're probably very smart like they're very savvy they figured something out that the rest of us did not they figured Um, out how to make the money that they needed to make i mean yeah uh, inevitably got it figured out you're never going to have a homeless guy run for president no, not <laughs> anyone no. who's running for president. They got a little bit of money somewhere. Yes. It's snatched away somewhere, yes. you know, and often that's that's the thing is I've run. You know, there's there's I've
0: run a successful business. I mean, yes, all that. I've run a successful business. I've got I've figured out how to, how to do this. I have oh, done. Yeah. I, look
1: at my barns.
0: Look at mm-hmm, Look at my barns.
1: <laughs> Can't you tell how smart I am? And Jesus goes, no, you're a fool. Yeah. You think somehow building up a barn, and this is this is the thought he, the man has, is I can build up a barn, store up all this food, and then in my old age I can eat, drink, and be merry. And what G, what Jesus' story is, you idiot, who said you ever got to live to an old age, right? You're such a because he says
0: you're gonna die. This you die this very night.
1: Yes, you're in your thirties, and you you've got more money saved up re- than, for retirement than anyone else, and you're gonna die. To and you're gonna. And where's all that money going to go? Mm-hmm. Where, where's that going to go? It's going to be something that your children are going to fight over. Mm-hmm. It's going to be something that people are going to squabble over like this dude is right in front of me about his brother and the mm-hmm. share of the estate. And you thought you could purchase yourself a good Please life. life. And you look at this idea and he goes, what a fool you are. And what most of us look at is, if you're honest with yourself, we thought that was the American dream. Yeah. The American dream was I could work really hard when I'm young.
0: I could have, I could be anything I wanted to do. Anything's possible. Anything is possible at Christmas or all the time, Yeah, (laughs) but really at Christmas.
1: Yes. And I could build up this business Mm -hmm. or build up, you know, my career or build up this family, build up this great life. And then have all the things I want and more. And in the retirement, I'll just sit and relax and it'll all be taken care of for me because that's where my wisdom is, is in all my wise barns mm-hmm. that I've built up, all these wise savings I have. Look at me, I don't even have to trust God all that much.
0: But Jesus right here says, but you're a fool to do that. Yeah, because, because you're-, you're well you have this earthly wealth, yes. but you do not have a rich relationship with God.
1: And I think we look at it and wanna go, okay, I get it, I get it. This guy had all this earthly wealth, he didn't have a rich relationship with God. But I could have a lot of earthly wealth and a really rich relationship with God. How does Jesus know how rich my relationship with God is? Well, maybe because he is God. (laughs) Might (laughs) be. Maybe. Maybe. He might have a little,
0: he might have some insight there. Luke, if you continue reading this, then Jesus goes on to talk to us more about possessions and storing up treasure. And so he says in verse 32, so don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to those in need. This will store up treasure for you in heaven. And the purses of heaven never get old or develop holes. Your treasure will be safe. No thief can steal it and no moth can destroy it. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will
1: also be. Now, if you've if you've read the Gospels before, you've heard a lot of those quotes before. In fact, in between where he ta- tells the story of the rich fool and then the section Molly just read right there, Jesus does a different version of what's in Matthew 6, I believe, um, where he talks about, you know, don't, Don't worry about what you'll eat, what you'll drink. Your father's going to take care of that. Look at the birds. Look at the flowers of the field. That's all Matthew 6 as well. But this is a different kind of version of that same teaching. And then he gets to the part that's also in Matthew 6 where he says, store up treasures in heaven, not on earth. But the part that's not in Matthew 6 but is in Luke, which is interesting, is the part he says, the way you store up treasures in heaven. Because most of us want to go, you know, okay, so don't store up treasures on earth. But I need to store treasures in heaven. And we think like, you know, that one time that I was really polite to someone and let them go in front of me in line at Walmart, that was a treasure in heaven. That's another mansion in heaven. <laughs> right. But, at all those houses in heaven you get. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to store more treasures in heaven, you know, or, or even, and I've heard people say this, you know, I think I've taught this before when I taught teenagers how do you store up treasure in heaven? Well, you know, treasure in heaven is the people that you win for Jesus and their they're mm-hmm. treasure, you know, because that's what's treasured right. in heaven. I don't think that's necessarily a bad way to teach it, but Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus didn't teach it that way, yeah. What he... Jesus said treasures in heaven is, is selling your possessions and giving to the poor. Mm-hmm. That if you want to store up treasure in heaven, not treasure on earth, it is, and remember, this is all part of the same teaching of the barn story. So he says, instead, you're, you're a fool if you're storing up treasures on earth in barns. Right. But you are, you will get the kingdom of God. Because doesn't it right before that he says, seek first or seek above all else the kingdom?
0: Right before that in verse 31, he says, seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need.
1: Right. So what we've been talking this whole time, which is we've been quoting Matthew 6, 33, I believe it is. This is Matthew, Luke. Luke 12. This is Luke
0: 12. Luke 31. 30. Oh, so. really
1: close. 33,
0: 31. Yeah, that's it? really close. That's I was like, we're little. in Luke.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but, but. <laughs> I
0: was like, wait a minute. We're what, over, what is he talking We're over about? here in Luke. <laughs> but keep but, going. <laughs>
1: we've always got Same to, idea. When we talk about the goodness of God, we've talked about pursuing, <laughs> seek first the kingdom mm-hmm. of God. And we, we always say this and all these other things will we'll be, be additive. Yes. They'll be like sprinkles in your life. Yeah good sprinkles and and yeah good yeah and he says here right if you want to seek first (laughs) the kingdom of god the way you're going to do that is sell your possessions and give
0: to those in need
1: to give to those in need it's the
0: same thing we've been talking about from the beginning which is you're gonna have to cheat great to get good and that's okay that's what we want to be doing because and cheating isn't even the right word there. You're going to give up some of the great that the world has said should be great yes. to seek the goodness of God. That yes. He And here he is very direct about a
1: way to do that. And so I think when we think about teaching our kids how to live in the goodness of God, and especially at Christmas, I'm not foolish enough to believe that because you hear this episode sometime, sometime in December, you're gonna change your, your Christmas spending plan plans for you. your kids. No. We're not we're not even trying to convince you anything really about no. Christmas. This is really about how to live in the kingdom of God. And so I can't convince you anything about. about Christmas at this point. But I want to do what I think Jesus is doing in these verses is challenging your assumption and my assumption of what gives me a good life,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which we've been convinced in an American economy. The way to have a good life is to be the kind of person who works hard enough to be able to do better for my kids than I, than my parents could do for me. And when, when when we say that most often, we're not talking about having a little more patience than my parents had for me. You know, in that sense, yeah. Please do better for your kids than they did for you. Having a little more grace than my parents had for me. Have a little more wisdom for my kids than my parents had for me. And by all means, yeah. do those things. What we often mean is, I want to be able to buy things for my kids and
0: take them on experiences that they yeah, take them on vacations or that my parents couldn't take Or do something that on. I didn't get.
1: And that that's the dream, right? You know, right. and you see this in a lot of the American story. In fact, the way that we often, you know, kind of lift this up is that kind of almost the immigrant story of like the person who's a first generation immigrant and they work really really hard pull themselves yeah. up by their bootstrap and it's the second generation that can then go off and they can live right. the easy life that their parents didn't get to live. and we we hold that up as this huge kind of man that's what we would say the kingdom looks right like. we wouldn't say that in christianity but uh-huh we all kind of feel that's what the good life is that's, yeah is the ability that my kids would have better money than I had better opportunities
0: opportunity money experiences everything that I didn't feel like I had
1: yes that they would be able to do those things and I would just challenge that assumption because Jesus said life's not found in an abundance of possession Mm -mm. life is not found in building bigger barns and making sure that you'll be taken care of one day because you were so smart and wise this isn't to say you shouldn't save. We've already done an episode on the We've 10 to 80 plan.
0: all plans. those things, yes. You
1: should have reasonable wise saving.
0: He, yeah, he also says that managing the money that you've been entrusted yes. with is incredibly
1: important. But not in such a way that I no longer have to rely on God. Because I, I, I saved up so much that I now know if the economy crashes or this happens, I'll be taken care of. Because I'm the master of my kingdom. Because I figured it out. Nor is it to say, because honestly, I know for many listening, why save You're me? You're a prophet. <laughs> you have not been, oh man, I've been saving too much. Often what it is, is I'm spending too much. And where Jesus says is, life is found in that ability to be able to be generous mm-hmm. and to live in such a simple kind of way that I can be generous. Mm-hmm. And that that's where life is found. And so, I think our challenge would be those two ideas of simplicity mm-hmm. and generosity.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, I think even if you're somebody who's done the most extravagant Christmases year in and year out, you can, and, and even if you're watching this over, or listening to this like a week before Christmas, you can stop and think, okay, what's a way we can simplify something or what's yeah. a way we can be more generous than maybe we've been in the past during this time? Yeah. Um, because there is no easier time to be generous in terms of opportunity. I think you can do it all the time, but there's so many opportunities in front of your face about ways you can help people during the holidays. We should be doing it year round, but I do think that this is those two things, simplifying and becoming more generous during this time of year. This is a great time to start putting those little practices into place. And we're not saying take down your Christmas tree. Don't have any ornaments. Don't buy any gifts for any of your kids. We're not saying all of that, but we are saying if we're seeking if we're seeking God first and His kingdom, He has clearly said that we need to love other people and we need to share with other people and we need to be generous and we and so in order to do that, we're gonna have to simplify the great and yeah. and bring it down a little bit so that we can take care of other people and we can put those in place and if we're we have got to do that and show that as an example to our children because they won't do it if we don't do that with them.
1: I think, I think that's really good. And I, so a practical, practical suggestion I would give to people, this is what my wife and I try to do in all of our finances, not, not just at Christmas time, but in all of our finances, mm-hmm. we try to get very, um, odd, honest, <coughs> brutally honest in our budget. And I know that, uh, maybe that's enough of a suggestion for some of you is you just need to have a budget you need to have mm-hmm. a plan on how you're going to spend the money that may be just be a great step at christmas is here's the amount of money we're going to spend and we're not going over that and okay. and I these are
0: the things that have to come out of that
1: yes and so this is and so you got to
0: prioritize what what matters here
1: right so that may be the first step but what my wife and i try to do is we have we are very clear. This is money we are giving away to people who are not us. Mm-hmm. It is not generous for me to give gifts to my own kids at Christmas. <laughs> that is not considered generosity, Mm-mm. right? Uh,
0: generosity is giving it away with no expectation in return.
1: Yes. And, and to so, somebody that, yes. you know,
0: and not not your kids, because let's be real, if we're giving our kids a gift, we're doing it out of...
1: Yeah, And and there's love involved with it. There's
0: love, but it's not what God is asking us to do. Well, and
1: he's very clear there. It's sell your possessions, give it to the poor. And so in our culture, they lived in a different culture. I'm not saying you need to sell your house and then give all that money away and be homeless and take care of that because... Th- their economy worked differently what he's really talking about here i'm not saying you shouldn't sell your house <laughs> okay. if
0: you want to i know a really good realtor <laughs> no i'm just
1: saying i'm not i'm not saying that you should i don't want to give people an out either and say that god's not calling you to sell mm-hmm. some things and to and to do that what i'm trying to say is their economy that was the way in which they wealth increased mm-hmm. you had you had more uh, a set aside thing what I would say is a good a good modern translation of that is spend less on yourself give more of it away and so that's the that's the lesson that that my wife and I really try and do on our budget is we're very clear percentage wise we know this percentage is being given away and this is the percentage we are just honest I'm spending this on myself mm-hmm. this is this is money it's on me and some of it is to just take care of, it's not barn building it's just I got to live and I got to eat and I got to live in a house and yeah. I got to do this. There's there's that amount of money. But we include all that, but we also include luxury expenses. When we go to the movies, mm-hmm. when we're going to go out to eat, when things that we don't have to do, but things that you choose to we do. We enjoy doing and God did give us things right for our enjoyment. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. Like that's all part of it. But we're very clear this is the percentage and I can show you on my budget. I don't know that anyone cares, but I don't think we have
0: time for that today.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What, what that, what that number is and what is the percentage that we're giving away. And we are actively working all the time, especially as even wealth increases as we get older. Right. We try to look and go, how do I decrease what I'm spending on myself and increase what I'm giving Mm -hmm. away to others? You know, I would love at some point in my life to be 50, 50. I'm not oh, 50-50. Yeah. Wouldn't that be such Wouldn't a beautiful be so cool? thing? Yeah. That at some point I get to a place I've paid off my mortgage, right? Yeah. I have these I have less obligations, other things, mm-hmm. and my my income could be fifty yes. fifty. That I am that I am truly loving my neighbor as I love myself. Yes. That that would be a way to look at it. I'm not saying that's where you need to be this Christmas. That's yeah, not I where I say, am right now. That is
0: not really the spirit of Christmas and the possibility of Christmas. Right. Anything yeah. Anything of possible Christmas, of Christmas. Don't like adopt that for the next four weeks and just go with it. Just but that is a really great place to be. I mean, to be able to give generously and freely as a, I mean at 50-50 would be huge. But we all can do it at some level.
1: And so one thing that I think that is and, and honestly, the reason I say that, I know people who already tuned out the moment I said 50-50, because you go, that's not realistic. Neither is the amount of money you're spending on your kids at mm-hmm. Christmas. We just think it is, which is why you've got credit card debt you got to pay off when you mm-hmm. come back in January. It's just the American dream has convinced you that dream is a reality. And what I think Jesus is trying to do with these stories is to go, could you imagine a world where your life was not found in the abundance of possessions? Right. Where really you could be more generous than you thought you could because you're God, you're you're, diff, you're different than a bird. You're more yeah. important than a bird. But just like the birds, God will take care of
0: right. you. And at the end of our life, and when it's all, when our life on this earth is done, yes. and we are going to stand before God, and He's going to say, How did you take care of other people? Mm-hmm. He's going to say... How did, you know, how did you take care of others? And he's not going to say, say, were you
1: able to buy I got my kid
0: the Nintendo Switch that they wanted this (laughs) year. That's right. That isn't going to be, that's not, that's not what he's looking for. And we know that's not what he's looking for because he so clearly said that in his words. And now we all know because we all heard it. (laughs) Um, But at the end of the day, that's, that's what matters. I mean, he's going to say, did you love me and love others? And, And how did you do that?
1: And if if the words of I believe it's Matthew twenty five or maybe twenty four, but it where Jesus John
0: or Rome just, yeah you know, no, somewhere I I in there and it's in
1: the twenties I know I'm trying to get better at this Molly and in you're in your... from
0: me who knows John three
1: sixteen okay so. well, I feel you're mocking me <laughs> for trying you're doing a
0: good job <laughs> but I do
1: believe it's 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 in Matthew twenty five but it's where Jesus says and Ed just preached on this recently in the time we're filming this where Jesus says, at the end of the age, I'm going to separate people out to the right and the left, and those who took care of those who were, you know, who clothed the naked and fed Mm. the hungry and gave water to the thirsty, all those things, took care of people in need, those are the people I'll say, come in, the kingdom is yours. Everyone else, I'll separate them out Mm -hmm. in a similar way. If that's not just a parable, if Jesus is actually teaching us, this is what it's going to be like. Mm -hmm. This is how I'll know that you know me. Because there's other parts where he says, You know, if you know me, you will have eternal life. Mm -hmm. Well, in this case, he says, if you didn't do those things, that's how I'll know I didn't know you. Mm -hmm. If that's true, Mm -hmm. he's not asking me what I spent at Christmas on my kids. He's asking me, what did I do for the least of these? And Jesus says in this teaching, if you do that, that's life in the kingdom, which is life that is full and abundant It is not found in a great Christmas. And we don't have time to get this, so I'm going to throw this out and people can come back to me. I am firmly convinced that a big majority, a really large majority of our anxiety and mental health problems in our Mm -hmm. country are due to how wealthy we are. Mm -hmm. And part of the reason I think that is Jesus in this case and in Matthew 6 when he teaches about not worrying, Mm -hmm. it is directly tied to To the way we spend our money. Mm-hmm. And that people who have bought into the idea that they can purchase a good life for themselves yeah, become more anxious because they have to, well, I'm not living up to all the things. Mm-hmm. I, I remember hearing a report that the, um, I heard this in like 2018 or 19, um, that suicide rates for men had grown um, over the 2010s. So like through the twenties.
0: As men were expected to be more successful and make and more money? Most
1: and like I think it was like two-thirds or some really high percentage of those suicides in the notes were directly linked to financial problems. Mm-hmm. That there was there's this shame for men in being able to talk about I did not I did not make the American dreams. That right. I'm somehow less of a person because I can't do this. And I think about our how everyone's so worried about their kids and anxiety problems. Maybe one of the best gifts you could give to your kids is lowering their expectations of what they think is expected of me financially to be a man to be a good successful woman in this world that what mm-hmm. it really looks like it's not even about how much money i make it's how much can i give away to mm-hmm. others and that 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 is an attainable thing for right. people. and we could that is a gift we could give and gifts come at christmas
0: when everything is possible <laughs> done period the end i like all that right. that's good <laughs> it's true but i i i think that it's true i mean yeah. you know, we we just have got to not think about what happens between now and the end of the year and yeah. think beyond that and think okay if god's first what can i do between and now maybe and the it's end
1: a good new then. year's resolution because you probably have already bought all your gifts and i this is not to, make, is anyone not to make anyone feel guilty We're not about understand. how much money they spent
0: no, because we're both going to buy our children gifts, and we're going to have yeah. Christmas, and and but it is things. to make it is but it is to make you think about where yeah, it is to make you
1: hopefully make you feel a little convicted where of your maybe, priorities
0: lie and yes in all of where this. where
1: am I really who am I really trusting in
0: mm-hmm.
1: am I really living in the kingdom and so am I you don't have that? to sell your possessions but I don't want to tell you you can't. <laughs> Uh, you might need to you might need to
0: and that's okay yeah Yeah, we'd be proud of you if you did
1: (laughs) so anyway send us questions
0: yes send us questions in the notes tell us we're wrong tell us if you've got other thoughts for us Um, send us topics send us questions and we um, have a link in the show notes that you can directly send those over to us and we'll address those but have a not great day (laughs) and um, whatever you've got going on these holidays I hope it's a good one take care